Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. rise for their majesties of royally obsessed the podcast for all things royals stand by three cheers for her majesty the queen welcome back to royally obsessed i'm roberta and i'm rachel and it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know but first a couple of royal reminders as always before we dive in follow us on instagram at royally obsessed podcast and join our facebook group at royally obsessed Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a royal rating if you are so inclined. Five stars, ple- pretty please. Send <laughs> us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We love reading your emails. Um, but before we get into all of the royal news this week, we want to say happy birthday, Princess Charlotte. Happy birthday. I cannot believe she turns five. I can't either. Five years ago, that Princess Charlotte Elizabeth Diana, full name, aka Lottie, was born on May 2nd, 2015 to Prince William and Kate Middleton at St. Mary's Hospital in London. I literally can't believe it's been five years. I just feel like, I just remember her on the steps of the Lindo Wing being introduced to the world, Kate in her floral yellow and white dress, uh, which I think was Jenny Packham. And um, yeah, it just, time absolutely flies absolutely flies it's so Um, crazy it's also just you know I feel like it's so cool because with the history changing blessing of Queen Elizabeth Charlotte is also fourth in line to the throne which is so awesome I mean she's the first eldest sister of a British prince Louis to be ranked above him in line in the line of succession thanks to the Perth agreement yes Queen Elizabeth I love that and I'm so so happy that they introduced that new rule um so gift ideas we did this last week with Prince Louis I know there's so many spring birthdays for the I royal know. family. We it's like when, I that. feel like our budget, the gift budget is uh is intense. What are you thinking of getting Prince Char- Princess Charlotte if you could? Okay. So, I I really kind of was thinking about this a lot and I had a joke gift idea, but then I also had a more serious let's gift hear, idea. Let's hear both. Okay, so the joke idea cuz we obviously know she's very into horses, right? right? Um so the joke gift is I there's a duvet cover where you sleep and it's like basically your head is um on the pillow but the image on the um on the duvet cover is the body of the equestrian equestrian I'm mispronouncing it and the and the right and the horse. Oh my so it's God. basically like as if you're sleeping <laughs> and you pull amazing. it up to your face and you like are basically falling asleep still on the horse. It's so cute. That is um, cute. And it's very age appropriate. I think that they sell them um, at a couple of places, but they sell them for uh, around, you know, the preschool set and a little bit older. Um, But then I thought like a more serious gift could be, um, I don't know, I think that at the age of five, it's okay for her to start wearing maybe a moderate amount of jewelry, not a lot, but she's royalty. So I was thinking maybe even a necklace, like a horseshoe necklace or something like like that. I don't know. She seems like a very grown up five-year-old. To me, I feel like she's yes. just like so tall and I don't know. They just seem very grown up. 
Yeah, because I like went down the rabbit hole. I was like, are five year olds allowed to wear jewelry? <laughs> and I think they are, but they might only it might only stay on them for fifteen minutes or it might break. But I also feel like Charlotte could handle it. I think I had a lot of jewelry at that age, but it was like friendship bracelets and stuff that you yes, would make yourself. Yes. So that's so cute. What do you think you would give her? I don't know. So I was thinking because her favorite toy um, that she was pictured with when she was a baby was this little puppy dog, this um, oh, fuddle waddle puppy that she, <laughs> that Kate took pictures of her with. So maybe like another stuffed puppy dog. I know that they're very, um, like Micah said on last week's episode, they're very selective with their gifts. So maybe yeah. something that's like you know, ethically produced and sustainably made and all those things that they kind of check all the boxes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I totally love that. I mean, like I think that. that that's so fun. I think the cool part about Charlotte also is that she just has so many interests. I just think that she's the best. So, I mean, it's like, we know that she likes horses. We know that she likes dancing. Um, we know that she likes unicorns, like all these little nuggets that have Oh my been, gosh, the unicorn. You know, dropped like, by Hilton purse. William and yes. Kate. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so cute. I think she's going to love whatever we give. <laughs> It's in the mail, Charlotte. Yes, it's in the mail. Yes, it's in the mail. And she might just be my favorite royal, I have to say. Yes. I know. I feel like it's kind of funny, but like hands down, I feel like it's whether it's like her little wave or, um, you know, obviously one of my favorite moments is, I don't know why I say obviously, but <laughs> but one of my favorite Princess Charlotte moments is when she sticks her tongue out at that. Um, it was a regatta. I think it was just last year. She was only four and she stuck her tongue out at onlookers. She has and, such a good sense of humor. I feel like yeah. she's a silly, she's like very rambunctious to me. She's very rambunctious. Yes. Almost I think like a Princess Anne or like a princess margaret mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i you can tell she keeps george in line but we wish her <laughs> the happiest of birthday yes early birthday it's saturday i believe so yes. happy uh, birthday charlotte birthday so amazing um yeah and now it's time for the royal refreshment and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail this week we're drinking martinis Clink, virtual clink. Well, martinis with olives. The story is behind that is that we know that olives are one of Charlotte's favorite foods. We're doing it in her honor. But Roberta, I have a confession is that I could not get the gin and vermouth that I wanted to get procure for my um, dirty martini. It's totally fine. You're off the hook this time. But you do you have the olives? I have the olives. That is the one thing that I have, which I was like, I feel like that's an important element. That is also in her honor. But it, but the the liquor store hours are all limited here. So I just, it's during the workday. I had a really hard time getting out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> totally fine. I'm only here because my parents have a fully stocked liquor cabinet. So. Well, you are all set. And that's amazing. my favorite recipe for martini, which is one of my favorite drinks, by the way, is from the Downton Abbey cocktail book cocktail i absolutely love that you own this cookbook (laughs) you've owned it for a long time it's very on brand for me um so it's two parts gin one part dry vermouth and the key is to keep the vermouth in the fridge after you open it i don't know if you knew that oh yes because vermouth is a fortified wine so it actually needs to be stored properly in order to not go bad that is so interesting wait roberta can you also Tell us about the, aren't you having a weekly cocktail hour where you're mixing up a different drink every week? Yes, every Friday. For, with my family and I pick a drink and make it for everyone. And yeah, it's it's a nice way to start the weekend. It feels like it's not just another weekday. Um, so, another so quarantine weekday. <laughs> right. So, so far we've made, let's see, white sangria, martinis, 
and Jin and DuVernay. Oh my gosh. Well, that was oh, yeah, because we of had, the episode And we had the, the update from Micah that we need to share actually about the pronunciation of Dubonnet. Oh, right? yeah. So is, you is have it, to say it. Say it. So it's, I think it's actually Dubonnet. It's Dubonnet. Is what she, Dubonnet. Yeah. She sent us a message after the episode aired just to confirm the pronunciation of it. So now we all know, which is really cool. Dubonnet. If you want to Dubonnet. be British about it. I think that she said yeah. I was British and that's the correct yep. way. So. Yeah. But we can practice it. Dubonnet. Yes. Dubonnet. <laughs> But so while we're sipping, we wanted to shout out to our reader emails and messages. We love hearing from you. So please, please keep writing in. It really kind of brightens our week. Um, but we also love reading your posts on the Facebook group, which is why one of our favorites from last week came from Grace on the Royally Obsessed Facebook page. She posted, just want to say a big thank you to the new hosts of the Royally Obsessed podcast, Rachel Bowie and Roberta. The last few days have been harder than normal. And today's episode really lifted my spirits. Being inundated day in and day out with negativity, it's a joy to listen to royal news that elevates rather than puts down. Keep up the good work, ladies. That's Aww, so sweet. thanks, Grace. That's so nice. That's so nice to hear. Yes, but what I loved even more was that there was a follow-up from another royally obsessed group member named Kim. And as you'll recall, we had discussed my recent purchase on last week's episode of a Breton striped shirt. And this was an homage to Kate, who wore a similar one on her, on her Zoom call with the BBC. Well, Kate, uh, well, Kim, in reply to Grace, gave a photo update of the range of Bretons in her closet and included this note. Rachel's talk about Bowdoin Bretons and needing another made me curious to see just how many I have. And I'm not sure I have enough. I love the full collection we have here. Well, so she shared a photo of the actual number of Bretons in her closet. And Kim, you have a lot, but we are also right there with you. <laughs> and they're all lovely and different in their own way. And so I think that this collection justifies itself. That's how I feel about the Breton in general. It's like every one <laughs> I know is you feel in like its own that. way. <laughs> I feel like you have to justify to Matt. I know. Like how many do I really, I think I need to do a similar evaluation, but I really do have quite a few in different color schemes, different like stripe widths, things like that. But I did in fact, order another one. <laughs> Once you're back home, you should reply to Kim with a picture of all of yours. I will. So Kim, you I will definitely compare. do that. So we can we can uh, be in the same boat. But thank you so much for the for both uh, to both Grace and Kim for commenting and and writing to us. We really we really appreciate we it. We love all the letters and uh, notes from the readers. So this week in royal history. And now this week in royal history. April 29th, 2011, so nine years ago, was the wedding of Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, and Catherine Middleton at Westminster Abbey. Can you believe it's been nine years? I actually cannot. I mean, all of this time is just, it flies. It really does. So we're gonna- Royal time seems to go faster. Yeah, <laughs> true. We're going to play a quick clip from that. I, William Arthur Philip Louis. I, William Arthur Philip Louis. Take thee, Catherine Elizabeth. Take thee, Catherine Elizabeth. To my wedded wife. To my wedded wife. I, Catherine Elizabeth. I, Catherine Elizabeth. Take thee, William Arthur Philip Louis. Take thee, William Arthur Philip Louis. To my wedded husband. To my wedded husband. Ah, I love it. So I love just hearing that. I know. Their vows. So as you'll recall, William's best man was his baby brother, Prince Harry, and Kate's sister, Pippa, was her maid of honor. 
And Pippa's dress almost stole the show. All those buttons up the back. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Definitely a grand entrance. I'm thinking of, like, the main image with her holding the the bat. And I feel like that's when people were like, wait, Pippa Middleton. Like, who's that? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, There was also a very traditional and royal appearance immediately after on the balcony of Buckingham Palace. The guest list was about 1,900 people, including celebs ranging from Princess Diana's bestie, Elton John to David and Victoria Beckham and over one million people lined the route between Westminster Abbey and Buckingham Palace to cheer them on I cannot believe that but it was a national holiday in the UK so that's I love that they have a vacation day for like a massive royal wedding I mean he is the future king of England so it makes sense but that's just really cool so wild and Kate's dress was designed by Sarah Burton of Alexander McQueen Um, The wedding took place approximately a year after McQueen's tragic death. So, and I know Kate is a huge fan of Alexander McQueen. She wears a lot. Um, So I think that was a very kind of nice gesture. Um, To maintain secrecy of the dress, though, I thought I loved this fun fact. The Royal School of Needlework was told the dress would be used as a costume in a TV show and that cost was no object. So they told the students that in order to keep it secret. Um, Kate also wore the Queen's Cartier Halo tiara, which has nearly a thousand diamonds. And the total cost of all this extravagance was a whopping $34 million. But the security made up the bulk of that cost, which I cannot believe this, $32 million for just the security. I know. I had to like, I did a double take, double take when I saw those numbers. I was just like, wait, what? And, and I think a lot of the other, the remaining $2 million was like, the flowers that were installed in Westminster Abbey. Remember, they had all those trees, and I think that was a huge part of the cost. I mean, the remainder really was not that bad. It's the security. I mean, nine. It was like ninety. I don't even know ninety percent of the cost is security. That's yeah, absolutely wild. Um, so the big question, Bowie, where were you when they got hitched? Okay, so it was nine years ago. I have to think back, but um, it was very early in New York. I remember. So I got up, um, crack. I think I think I had to take a cab. Yes, I took a cab. Um, I was living on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, and I took a cab to my friend Shayla's house, who happens to listen to this. So I'm giving her a little shout out. But um, my friend Shayla's apartment. She hosted, um, you know, mimosas and breakfast, and a couple of us got together and watched it live um, before work. It was around six a.m. here, and um, I just remember it being the most exciting morning and celebration and we had bought all these uh, memorabilia we brought you know little Kate and William shot glasses oh. little you know like all the royal things the mugs you know just so we were really prepared and uh it was such a special day I would love I to recreate that with you when we're um back in the city yes together. well we should we <laughs> should totally rewatch it yes. but that's what I wanted to mention too is like I, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago that Elizabeth Holmes royal enthusiast on Instagram if you don't follow her um just did the coolest thing where she rewatched the wedding I saw it and I like immediately got chills because I feel like it was a moment where you could kind of connect with everyone that also watched it like I know that you watched it too right yes yeah exactly and I, felt, I definitely did I felt like s- such a connection like I was watching it with you you know so it was so sweet um and to see it relive it again and it was over it was almost four hours so it was pretty cool that she went through you know the entire thing and then recorded her reactions and but I think it, it was that- like tearing up in bed <laughs> Yeah, felt like those emotions so, so vividly. Yeah, but I feel like even when she got to like the balcony kiss part, I was like, oh, I do need to rewatch this. So once we can break quarantine, Roberta, we are going to do this. (laughs) And we have to make mimosas and use the shot glasses. 
or full on dirty martinis, which I failed on this with, time. With all of <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, so uh, moving on, you guys, to the uh, so much royal news. As we say every week, there's never a shortage. But um, we want to start with something kind of bright and fun, was, which was Prince Louis' birthday celebration. Um, if you guys happen, I'm sure you guys all follow Kensington Royal on Instagram. And Kate gave us gave all of us a birthday gift and released the images the day before the birth, the official birthday portraits of Prince Louis. And what was, I thought was especially cool about this year's, um, you know, celebration, Kate obviously took the photos herself. I don't think they're, you know, having a Royal photographer during this time come in. Um, but she included, um, the, the crux of the images was Prince Louis doing a craft. So Kate Middleton, Pinterest mom, um, she featured, he was working on a rainbow hand painting, which I thought, I just thought it was the cutest, right? It was so, so cute. And I think that um, it really shows off Kate's artistic side. We know that she's like a photographer for her family and takes a lot of their photos and birthday portraits, but I thought that that was so neat. And it's so easy to copy. Is that correct, Bowie? Yeah, well, so I think that what was cool, so if in case anyone missed it, the rainbow portraits that she had, so Prince Louis stamped his hands in the in a rainbow palette or, you know, of colors and then stamped them on a piece of paper. And rainbows have been made to be a sign of hope and positivity during the coronavirus crisis. So I feel like Kate is just checking all the boxes. You know, she's like being super crafty, checking off the birthday portraits, but then also nodding to all the frontline workers um, that are doing so much during this time. But um, but yeah, I uh, went down the rabbit hole and <laughs> I um, tried to replicate the craft with my own toddler. And so many others did too. I felt like this went viral right after and I saw so many posts on social yeah. media of people recreating it. So I thought that was a really fun idea. But I felt like it was one of those things where like I'm waking up so early and I, and I made me kind of feel this deep connection to Kate because I'm waking up so early with my toddler and by 7 a.m. we've exhausted all the possible toys or options that we have. We have to really kind of reach into the into our toolkit to really come up with something different um, to keep him engaged. So I was like, I grabbed my husband and I was like, we're doing this. And he was like, what? You know, not even having coffee yet. And um. And actually, I kind of made up my own directions. And we just, I just laid out all the colors. I matched the portrait or the picture that Kate had shared. And I just took his hands. I sat him down at his little toddler table and I stamped them in his, the paint. And I put him on the regular clean white sheet of paper. And he, he actually really loved it. And what's also been funny is we've done the craft several times since because he really is into it. Oh my but gosh, I that's like a new thing that you guys do now. Yeah, we've been giving them to like, you know, I've been mailing to them to friends and family because we're just making so many of these little stamped handprints. That's but, so um, sweet. But I think that's also where I want to shout out to Kate because I loved that she, you know, obviously it was something to entertain her toddler, but she must have known that she was also giving the moms of the world or the mums of the world a craft, you know, something to do to occupy their kids. Exactly. Everyone's at home and it's, it's like really a, challenging. Of the birth of like a Pinterest craft trend like I think that yeah. that's like an easy way to kind of have an activity with your kid and also you know like you said the positivity and hope during this crazy time um so I thought that was really sweet but I have a question because there's a lot of speculation about the painting on Louis's hand not matching up with what is printed on the piece of paper I totally think that that is very true. What did they did they fake it? What's the deal here? Well, so my guess is that they probably did multiple versions because what happened when I did it with my son is that we paint we stamped both hands and then 
I didn't remove the paper fast enough. So he immediately started like adding more paint and turned one of his hands totally like this purpley brown. Black. Oh, like a mixture of all the colors. It was, right. yeah, okay. it was gross. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't Instagram worthy. Uh, Instagram versus reality as Kate captioned the next official birthday portrait herself. But I think that, um, you know, I really think that she probably just did multiple versions, but it definitely didn't match. On his palm, I think was um, blue and green. And then, but in the photo, it was like various shades of purple. So. Right. It was a total totally different it, it was like a different hand they must have had yeah. a couple iterations and I also I was surprised that there was no paint on Louis's clothes that was a <laughs> real <laughs> a real well, you saw the pictures. Will yeah here. you saw the pictures that I posted and I feel like it was like all over at the at, you know at some point it was like on my son's collar and all that kind of stuff so I do feel like yeah it, it but it was know, adorable it was, I feel like that's it the was reality adorable. Instagram versus reality but like you nailed both but then, but then she did follow up with the paint on his face. But even that looked artistic, yeah, right? Exactly. It wasn't like <laughs> smeared. It wasn't like different shades of like gray, purple, or it whatever. It still looked they like all... a perfect rainbow. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But and then this, you know, I feel like this is getting super nitpicky. But um, the royal family Instagram account also shared the pics of to honor Prince Louis on his birthday. And I guess there was a teeny tiny reporting mistake. Um, the caption noted that Prince Louis is the seventh great grandchild of Queen Elizabeth. But, she, but he's actually, you know, breaking news, the sixth. <laughs> so I think people kind of got on them for that. But I, I don't think it's as big of a deal. But it is it is kind of interesting a little, you know, they're all human, even the royals. Exactly. And I was surprised they um, didn't actually fix it or update the captions. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> I don't know if they even know still or if, <laughs> if it's still like up in the air for them. I don't, I, I'm not sure what's going on there. But yeah, he is the sixth. So yes, um, yeah. We'll see. I mean, everyone makes mistakes in their caption yeah. and you don't have to fix them. You don't have to fix them. But it does make me kind of excited for Princess Charlotte's birthday portraits because what is Kate going to do next? Like, how does she top that? Do you think it's another Pinterest craft? I mean, I would live for it if it was because I'm really running out of ideas. That would be that would be a nice theme to stick with. And then in July, yeah. Prince George, we could have something else for every yeah. age group. Oh, I think for every age group. I think I'm calling it. This is my Micah Meyer prediction. Yes, please. I hope it comes true. <laughs> but a very, you know, nice way to celebrate Louis. It was. So next up, we need to discuss the latest Harry and Meghan news. So they had their pre-trial hearing last Friday and a lot came out. Um, first off, the pre-trial hearing was six hours long. It included over 70 participants, some of them journalists and press, others were interested in legal parties. And um, so it's all hinging on this court case with Megan versus Associated Newspapers. Um, so you guys will remember last week we talked about that scathing letter they wrote to the four British tabloids um, saying how, you know, they're cutting ties with them. They won't engage. Um, and now the case, uh, which concerns a letter Megan wrote to her father that was published in the mail on Sunday, um, had this hearing, which is actually called a strike hearing. Um, a strikeout hearing? Yes. Is that what it was? Yeah. was. So they were trying to strike out parts of the evidence that, that the Duchess's legal team, that the newspaper acted with improper conduct before the real trial begins. Um, and the date is still to be determined about the real trial. And so the mail on Sunday was not disputing the allegation that they selectively chose parts of the letter that Thomas, that Megan wrote to her father, Thomas Markle, um, to fit a longstanding narrative in their February 2019 world exclusive. 
Um, instead, they were just trying to say that this narrative, uh, that it's not easy to decide whether this was an improper or ulterior motive because they would need a complex test of the state of mind of the publisher. Yeah, it's definitely very nuanced, I would say. Like, I feel like I had to read this a few times over, but I do feel like the strikeout hearing, it sounds like basically they're trying to prove that there was an actual smear campaign that damaged the relationship between Thomas Markle and Meghan Markle. So, and something I thought that was interesting was like, that, you know, there was a piece in the, in, um, that was published that Megan had changed her phone number to evade contact from her dad, but she confirmed that she never did that. So I feel like it just seems like a big part of this strikeout hearing was to dispute the allegations that there was, that the mail on Sunday was deliberately seeking to set up issues between Megan and her dad. Right, right. And I think that the Mail on Sunday's argument and Associated Newspapers, I should just call them from now on, is that uh, they knew about the letter only because there was a People magazine story that interviewed five of Megan's friends. Now, Megan says that she never sanctioned this interview. She never gave them approval to do that. But those friends called out the letter, and that's how the Mail on Sunday knew about it. Yeah. But so I have a question, and maybe this is just like me misreading that because I remember that People Magazine story. Yeah, but same. when I went back to it, the only line that I could find in that People Magazine story was they say, as for Megan's father, who has said he can't reach Megan, he knows how to get in touch with her, adds the longtime friend. He's never called. He's never texted. It's super painful. But I didn't – if the Daily Mail is claiming that that's how they knew about the letter, I read it three times, and I don't know if you – Maybe I just missed it, but I didn't see any mention of a letter. Yeah, and I don't I don't think I think that that seems overt mention. Right. And I had read a while ago that this letter was um it was found by like some pretty shady means that they had found it in like their trash bin or something or something that was like very um that this now new argument that say kind of blames it on this People Magazine article seems to come out of left field and doesn't actually point to this specific letter. So I'm wondering if that, we'll have to see how this all goes down. And so this strikeout hearing, um, we won't know. I think the decision is delivered within the week. And then yes. we'll hear the decision and that will affect when um, and how the the main court case is conducted. Um, yeah. And so that will be at some date in the future. But yeah, so I guess Harry Megan sat in from LA at the early morning hours. But I thought one of the most heartbreaking things was that she hasn't talked to her dad in almost two years. That came yeah, out during Yeah, so this that hearing. detail was confirmed, right? That May 19th, 2018 was the last time that they that her father sent a text message on, and that was for their wedding yes. day. And they've since only sent one letter to each other. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously, like, you know, there's a lot to be figured out with the court case, but it does seem like if you're reading headlines and you're not in touch, there could be, you know, it, I agree with Megan in the sense that what what message are you taking? Like, if if her dad really is seeing those headlines that she changed her phone number and then that's not true, but her father reads that, you know, it just kind of blends, you know, evolves into a narrative that may or may not be true, but is personally believed by someone. Exactly. Yeah. And I think too, like they said that those friends who, um, who contributed to the people magazine article. So there was a, a former co-star is what one was referred to. There's a longtime friend. There was a 
close confidant in LA. And then there are two others that I'm blanking on right now, but those people might be called to testify, which would be kind of explosive to reveal them because they were anonymous in the interview and they only did it because of anonymity. Do you think (laughs) Megan knows their identity? Because she said that she didn't know that that was happening and that a lot of the facts were not even correct that were given in that interview. Oh, I definitely think she knows. I think from the way, maybe after the fact, they told her about this interview, if she says that she never, you know, approved it, but maybe they went to her after and said, listen, like, we really wanted to kind of um, clear the air for you and do you you know, they're doing her a solid basically by stepping up and saying, listen, like all these things about Megan that are being published by these British tabloids are false. Um, And so I think they might've told her or maybe she'll find out during the trial. I don't know. I would think that she would know what those five friends, who they are. Um, Well, I think you're right. Like explosive is the right word because if that had to be a part of this, I mean, we've, we've already seen the text messages. It's just, I think the hard part with the legal case is, you know, a lot of it becomes public information. So it's it's definitely going to be um, intense for Meghan and Harry, um, but I really respect what they're doing. And I think an interesting aspect of this that we need to mention is that um, Meghan actually, um, or a source close to Meghan shared that if she does win this case, she plans to donate all the damages awarded to awarded to her in an to an anti bullying campaign. I which love. I feel that. like you know I think it just kind of speaks to the time that we're in and how um, you know it really is rampant this problem. So. Um, they are kind of taking one for the team and going through this, but it seems really like what they went through is crazy. It is. And I think it it does, um, to echo what you said, basically proves that their um, sentiment in this, because they are earning their own money now. They're not living Mm -hmm. on, you know, the Royal coffers anymore. So I think that them donating what, if she wins the case, what the um, award would be monetary award. I think it just really speaks to their charity and how, um, how you know invested they are in these and their intention behind it exactly exactly so speaking of harry and megan they reportedly reportedly gave an interview for their first biography and that biography so this is according to vanity fair the book will be written by royal royal correspondents omit scobie who writes for harper's bazaar and carolyn durand who's a contributor to l and will be published by day street books an imprint of harper collins um, the fact that they gave the interviews is not confirmed. We want to make that clear. Right, exactly. And But I do, uh, because I, okay, so I have a couple reasons why I believe this royal rumor of the week and why okay. I think it's true. <laughs> One of the reasons is that HarperCollins has a URL page on their website that has a book, like it's about to be the book's um, front cover and uh, showcase the title and everything. And it has a byline of, Scobie and Duran's names spelled backwards. So some very um, intense sleuthing on Vanity Fair's part to find this page. But um, so that is up and it says the book is $14.99 right now. So who knows? They also have a working title to the book called Thoroughly Modern Royals, The Real World of Meghan and Harry, which I think is such an interesting title. (laughs) Totally. But that doesn't just be, I I think that that's all, crazy, but it still doesn't confirm that they gave an interview, right? So it's, the book, it sounds like it's definitely happening, right? It's definitely happening. But did they, do you think that they actually gave a, an exclusive to Scobie and Durand for that book? Like, or is it, or is it just a write around? Here's why I think, yes. Uh, here's why I think okay. they did give an interview. 
A, because Omid Scobie was one of only two journalists granted access to Megan's last private event in March in the UK. So I think that that would have been the mm. most perfect time for her to give an interview right after. Interesting, interesting. And Duran, Carolyn Duran, was um, at that private event at the London School that Megan attended. We all saw her in that, um, the black pants and the white jacket. I love that outfit, by the way. Oh, every <laughs> outfit of that royal tour was incredible. Right, yeah. so she was only a hand, one of a handful of journalists at that event. And I mean, so- they're they're definitely in position to be like I feel like if they if you were going to talk to anyone, you would talk to them, right? Because they've they've treated them with, you know, dignity and respect and they've been, you know, true part of the royal press corps for a long time, but respectfully part of it. Um but the book's authors have still not confirmed, but I like I like where your head's at. Yeah, I I feel <laughs> like this I I believe this royal rumor to be true. Also, lest we forget that Diana gave an interview to Andrew Morton in Diana, Her True Story, the biography that was published in 1992. Yes. And so I do feel like explosive might need to be the theme of this, you know, Harry and Meghan chatter. Because if they did participate, I mean, we all remember back when that that biography was published, you know, Diana, it was her, she gave full cooperation in secret. Um, and she talked about everything from her unhappy marriage to her relationship with the queen. And it really kind of, I mean, it was a huge thing for the monarchy to have a lot of that. Um, she spilled the tea as we like to say. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She spilled the tea, but I don't think that this will be as explosive as that only because I think that, um, this Set, well, supposedly, according to um, this article, it will cover cover Meghan and Harry's introdu- introduction uh, into the royal family up through their royal exit in March, but that they're paying careful attention not to say anything that would upset the monarchy, which I thought hmm. was a very important line. That well, because that's their new mission, right? right? That they they're really still doing everything in service to the queen, right? So they're they're thinking um, always with the queen in mind, I guess. When I think you're right it would not go over well if they're trying to mend fences or kind of keep maintain that relationship from afar. It seems like that would be a, a tougher move to right. make. Yeah. But what a good royal rumor. I mean, and so August, it was supposed to come out in June, but coronavirus delayed things. So it's been pushed to August 11th. You can look up that uh, secret cover that Roberta mentioned, but I, I feel like it kind of, it makes me really exciting. I, can, I will definitely be buying that book. It makes me so excited. That's just a few days after Megan's birthday too. So a very important month August is shaping up to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so next up, we just wanted to talk, you know, kind of give a shout out to all the royals that are volunteering during this pandemic. We've had so many um, amazing news reports of different members of the family, um, ranging from Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, who's married to the Queen's youngest child and third son, Prince Edward. And she has been secretly, or not so secretly, volunteering to make lunches for NHS workers at a London kitchen. I just feel like that's that's awesome. I mean, to kind of go out and put the mask on and put the gloves on and really like, you know, roll up your sleeves yeah, and get involved. Yeah, it's very hands-on and you can see pictures of her. She's like scooping like spaghetti out of like a big tin. And so they're preparing lunches. So that was really sweet for all the frontline workers and um, nurses and doctors and such. So yeah, I mean, it kind of speaks to, I mean, Harry and Meghan delivering meals last week too. I just think it's hard. It's, I'm sure it's really hard. They have, you know, they're, they've dedicated their lives to service. It's hard to sit home and do nothing. So I think it's awesome that Sophie's doing that. And um, Princess Eugenie is also joining her mom's YouTube efforts. Um, So um, if you guys are unfamiliar, but um, Fergie has actually been reading a children's book a day on her YouTube 
YouTube channel. Um, and Eugenie joined in to participate with that this week. And she shared, um, she actually read Guess How Much I Love You, which is apparently one of her favorite books from her childhood. Let's play that clip. Guess how much I love you, he said. Oh, I don't think I could guess that, said Big Nut Brown Hair. This much! I mean, it's just so sweet. I honestly just love that. I mean, it's a really sweet gesture. I feel like just to kind of participate in what her mom's doing, um, but also I, I just love it. I mean, Eugenie, I you too. see in the video, she's sitting on a, on a swing. It's very artfully edited. And the edited. swing the says her name on it. Did you see that? Yes, <laughs> yes. So is that from her childhood? I, I think mean, I so. Like yeah, so I think that um, one article I read said that they are isolating at the Royal Lodge at Windsor, so pretty close to the Queen, um, with her mom, Fergie, and husband, Jack Brooksbank. Um, and they just celebrated their 10-year dating anniversary, by the way. Yeah, well, wait, and let's talk about that, too, because that was another kind of sweet effort, too, where um, Eugenie posted on her Instagram um, at 10th... 10th anniversary of when she started dating Jack and she was, you know, a makeup free look, which I just also love that she's doing. But she also included a call to action for couples that follow her to send in their own anniversary pics for anyone celebrating an anniversary that week um, and said that she would share them via DM. That was so nice. That's so, so sweet. Yeah. I think that um, Eugenie is one of those royals who has recently uh, well first of all I, I have to say i've never heard her voice before that youtube clip oh my gosh i haven't either and i actually thought the same thing she yeah. has a really nice kind of um full deep reading voice that's really kind of soothing i thought and like i do too she should do audiobooks yeah i thought she did such a good job and her mom writes children's books so maybe that's like yeah fergie has seven books um on the docket to come out in the next, I guess, year, year, couple years, seven, seven books, seven, seven. Children's books. So she's keeping busy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought that was really sweet, but yeah, that the, um, makeupless selfie really empowered me, I guess, <laughs> to take more selfies that don't have makeup. Um, <laughs> I'm not wearing any makeup these days cause I don't go outside really, but, um, I thought that that was really sweet and she still looks amazing and glowy and, um, and there's like tears in her eyes. They look so happy. I know, I know. A it's very definitely sweet couple. such a sweet couple. I just thought that that was really cool. I didn't actually see, I, I saw the announcement, but I didn't see if she started uh, DM, you know, posting to her stories what people sent her via DM, but I believe her that she followed through and I just think it's awesome. Yes. Amazing. Well, before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we have some highs and lows to share. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. This was a hard week to choose, um, but I wanted to start out my low. I guess I have to, <laughs> I'm going first. I feel so mean with this one, but I gotta, I gotta mention You gotta it. do so, it. You gotta do it. Yeah. Get so, it off your chest. A, yeah. So the effort is admirable. So I just want to preface it. But as we all know, Clap for Our Carers is an initiative to honor frontline workers in the UK. And it's also been something that's replicated around the globe. People going out on their stoops to applaud everyone on the front line and thank them for what they've been doing. So then we have Prince Charles and Camilla, who I love. Let's just, I'm saying it again. I love. But they were out on their, they were, there was a video posted to the Clarence House Instagram account where they step out on their front porch to clap for the carers. And it was just very awkward. It was so awkward. <laughs> oh, it was, it was so, so awkward. awkward. You could just say it. It was like, <laughs> like it was just, it felt like they were waiting, you know, Camilla at first is waiting for Charles to close the door and then they just were out of sync. They're kind of mumbling just, to each other, right? They're like It was almost like talking. they forgot how to clap or something. But I did, I have to say, because I kind of was like very curious if I had, if I had a unique opinion on this. And 
And Pete, one one argument is that it's awkward to clap alone. Like people were show. I saw an article that shared other people sharing their clapping videos. And when you're just alone on your, you know, by yourself, I just, maybe it would have been better if they were like, whoop, or like some sort of <laughs> cheers. Right. Or, or if they're like the, I don't know, if like some of their staff <laughs> were outside clapping with them or something. I don't, I don't know what it is, but somehow the Cambridges made it look effortless and that yeah. was not effortless. And please, um, listeners don't at us because we know they're doing something very sweet <laughs> And nice. Yes. And yes. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. But it just was funny because I was like, "Have they never clapped before?" It was very awkward. Um, Usually, people are clapping for them, so maybe they just are not as like experienced or something. I don't know. With clapping, um, I love them. It also just you know the awkwardness is all of us. It's endearing, but it was my low. Um, my low is kind of similar to one from previous week, which is that uh, Claire Waite Keller, who was um, part of Givenchy, the head designer, gave an emotional goodbye. So she's leaving Givenchy, um, but she did do a really... So that was my sad part, I guess, is that she's gone. And I've already said that before, and I'm pretty sad about it. But um, she did have a very sweet caption, two two captions about the Duchess of Sussex that she posted. Um, so I'm going to read an excerpt from that. So Claire said, from the very beginning, everything felt different from what I would have expected. She was modern with a fresh approach, warm and welcoming, completely disarming and joyful in every way. We struck it off instantly and a friendship began. Fittings were always a special time to chat, just us. It was a time of getting to know each other's history and there are so many memorable moments. But above all, it is a connection between two people that come from completely different paths in life. Friendship is about love, understanding and kindness a good friend knows your stories and helps you write them I feel like that was one of the sweetest things and I know that this is like not a traditional low and I feel bad because I yelled at Bowie the last time she did this (laughs) but shouting out to me yeah but I did have to say that it was just so touching to um to see that people who work with Megan feel this way about her and it really speaks uh, it's a strong strong testament to how uh, how she affects other people and the way that she kind of um, carries herself. And I think that that was such an insight into someone who's designed her wedding dress. I'm sure they met multiple, many times over, um, you know, the months or leading up to the wedding. And so I think that that was a very sweet kind of um, goodbye from her, but sad also. Yeah. Sad to and see that wedding go. dress, I mean, Megan's wedding dress was such a moment in time. So it is a, a it historic is, you know, moment. exciting yes. for Claire with what's next, but I, I'll give you that low. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, but my my high of the week is also tied to uh, to an Instagram update. Um, so Prince William, in case you missed it, um, they posted a five minute clip on their Instagram Kensington Royal, where William goes back and forth via Zoom with Stephen Fry, who portrayed a descendant of his Blackadder role. This was um, part of the BBC's Big Night In, which was a fundraising telethon to raise money for key workers and those affected by COVID. Prince William made a dad joke. It was a it was a very I mean it was definitely a good joke. Let's play the clip. By the way, have you seen anything good on TV? It's hell without EastEnders. Isn't it? Uh, they tell me Tiger King is rather good. Yes, I, uh, I tend to avoid shows about royalty. And there's now 45 seconds and counting, Sarah. I think our time is up. On my way, let me just see if I can find my socks. And my shoes. And my trousers. Hmm. <laughs> 
So Prince William made a Tiger King joke, um, which I just loved. We're living in the year 2020 where a member of the royal family mentions the show Tiger King. Like, what is going on? We are all one, Roberta. That was why this was my high. I mean, I'm I'm definitely watching Tiger King. I feel like I should be done already. I haven't binged it fast enough, but um, but I've I, you know I'm going through that show, and I love that to think uh, you know Prince William's sense of humor. He's proving more and more every day. He has a great sense of humor. He so. really does. It was my high of the week, that little little moment of banter, and I would love more of that in the coming weeks. I'm curious if he actually watched it. I mean, in order to mention it on the BBC, you have to have watched it, right? Well, it's in, like, the cultural zeitgeist. I so guess. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I'm so curious to think that maybe he was curious enough to watch it. Yeah. But it does go against everything that – I mean, gosh, the horror of I that show. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't totally. imagine. Um, so my high of the week is this just in Harry is going to be on TV. Exciting oh my gosh. stuff. Exciting stuff. So we all know that Megan did uh, the Disney nature elephants documentary. Now Harry is getting his um, turn on the small screen. He will record an introduction for a special episode of Thomas and friends titled the Royal engine, which will feature uh, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles as animated characters. And Harry did the intro for it. So I'm wondering, did Archie have something to do <laughs> with him taking this role i mean yeah right <laughs> should we play the yeah let's play the clip it all began when a young boy lay ill in bed his loving father entertained him with stories of a special railway on the magical island of sodor those stories would go on to become the tales of the most iconic tank engine the world has ever known harry has a really great reading voice he does. That's also quite an intro. The world's, what do you say? The world's greatest tank engine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the, I just think it's very, very exciting. I mean, I feel like you're totally right. Archie must have had something to do with this. Even if he watched it himself, Prince Harry, I feel like Archie's got to be loving that content. I know from experience, all the seasons are on Amazon Prime right now. Right, stream, because Finn, so. lo- does Finn love uh, that show? We only got into it um, during quarantine, actually. We introduced it to Finn and he is eating it up. Now he's like, Thomas, Thomas. He just is so into it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Archie's going to love this. So Harry recorded this in January. So before they um, exited the Royal family, but this will premiere on Netflix on Friday, May 1st. So this Friday, uh, and I can't wait. I'm going to watch it for sure. I don't care that it's a kid's show. No, I just can't wait to hear it. I think that that is an awesome high. Just a reminder, before we close the show, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Here is a real review from Bath M.E., Bath, Maine. I love the new hosts. They are doing an amazing job managing their podcasts from remote locations during this difficult time. They pair well together, and I look forward to more to come. Keep up the good work. We pair well like a good wine and cheese oh we do oh like a fine wine and cheese I love that (laughs) it is tough recording remotely but I now um don't know what we would do otherwise I guess this is all I've known just imagine when we're sitting in the same room doing this it's just gonna be incredible it'll be great I can't wait but I but I am used to the virtual sessions yeah Um, So just a quick reminder, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. There's so much 
fun chatter going on in there and all the most recent royal updates. Um, and then you can also drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram if you're so inclined. I'm at Robbie Frito, R-O-B-B-I-E. And I'm at R-K-B-N-Y-C. And till next week, God, God save, save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.